We need to talk. Important conversations about faith, family, and finances. Join our team for some honest conversations. And now, to kick things off, your host, Dan. Welcome to the We Need to Talk podcast. My name's Dan. I'm the uh, creative pastor here at Discovery Church, and I'm joined here by senior pastor Matthew Destry. Yo. Uh, and Zeke and Steph Murley. Hello, hello. Uh, who have just joined our team in the uh, young adults and neighborhood spaces, and uh, we're very excited to have them here. Today, uh, we're, we're here to, um, to talk because we need to talk. We need to talk. That's it. So, uh, yeah, the purpose yeah. of this podcast is, uh, is to make, uh, make this process fun of, uh, of learning uh, all about faith, finances, and family. And, um, and so we thought we'd do a podcast to, to get, the, get people together around a table and um, have a bit of a chat and um, a bit of a laugh. So here we are. Mm. Uh, so firstly, uh, we'll just go around the room and get to, get to know each other a bit. Um, I would love to know, Zeke, what was your first job? Paper round. Paper round. Yep. In the yep. cold, rainy days. Yep. yep. Paper round. How old were you? I was about nine or ten, I yep. think. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Very good. Have your own ABN. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't talk to the tax office about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe you, you had the paper round too, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I was a bit older, 14, 15. So, but same thing. I was paid... Uh, you know, it's just a little bit of extra cash. But then when I was of legal working age, I uh, worked at the uh, local movie cinema. There we go. Taking tickets, Same. serving up popcorn. Nice. So making good. choc tops. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Steph? Uh, my first job was McDonald's. Ah, yes. look at that. I was, I was uh, flipping burgers arches. at Hungry Jack's when so I was <laughs> 14 and nine months. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, yeah. I, last, I lasted for about a year and then yeah, couldn't handle it anymore. Couldn't handle the hairnets. Yeah, the hairnets yeah. and the, mm. yeah. All of it, the yeah. grease. So so fun. Okay, are you a hunter or a gatherer? I'm a hunter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I. What about am, you guys? Uh, I'd probably say gatherer. Hunter, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Can I be a hunter gatherer? Yeah. Well, you can, can I be both? Why not? <laughs> Um, and what was the last gift you gave to someone? We gave a um, we gave well, we um, gave Jody a birthday present. A birthday oh, present. really? Yeah. A um, what was it? Like one of those diffusers? Yeah, yeah. And a plant. A nice plant. plastic plant. That yeah. was a real plant. It was a real plant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know who buys the gifts in our household? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very Jody plant. A uh, Jody gift, by right. the way. A we plant and a diffuser. Perfect. <laughs> All right, good. Yeah, we smashed that Perfect. one. Perfect. Uh, yeah, gift card. There we go. As in, ah, uh, I'll say not gift card, like, um, like a voucher, like yeah. a you know, like a dinner voucher. Mm. Oh, that's yeah, nice. not like nice. random. Yeah. you know, Westfield voucher. Or something yeah, 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 like yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. Like a, a gift card for a specific place. Nice. Yeah. Well, I just um, I just had my 40th birthday last week, and so I just received a whole heap of gifts. Nice. Happy birthday. Yeah. So that Happy was exciting. Birthday. So I appreciate, uh, you know, everyone who was a part of that. But yeah, mm. I can't remember the last gift. Mm. I probably should. Um, <laughs> okay, so we did, we, with our series, we need to talk. We just did a whole bunch of Instagram polls. Um, and so I'd love to, to find out from you guys what your answers were um, mm. on those and um, just hear a bit about what, what and why. So how do you best connect with God? Nature, music, Bible or prayer? For me... 
first is Bible, yeah. and a very, very, very close second is 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 music. Yeah, music worship spaces. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, forty three percent of our viewers and listeners agree with you. That was um, one of the high ones on Instagram. So yeah. on on music, and twenty two percent on prayer. Mm. What was he, what were you going to say, Steph? Yeah, probably prayer, prayer. and closer followed by worship, where yeah. music, mm. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was Bible up top. Yeah, and then I think I was going to be nature second. Mm. Yeah, nature was was that the was that the high? It was seemed to be the highest one when I yeah. when I voted. By the end, after the twenty four hours, the mm. nat- uh, music was the top forty three percent. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yes, nature at twenty seven. Oh so. gee, okay. It was heavily weighted mm. when I all the keen beans, all the early yeah. ones said nature, <laughs> all, the, all the latecomers. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you guys most love about church, community, teaching, worship, and support? I love the worship. Yeah. I mean, I can worship in my car, but I'm alone, <laughs> and so you get in a room with like hundreds of other people, and it's like you're worshiping together. That's, that's the best. Yeah, I think teaching for me, I really enjoy the the <clears throat> teaching space and. And uh, especially when you're hearing from Matt most weekends, you, yeah. f- you feel pretty blessed, eh? Yeah, that's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. Yeah. Ding. Yeah, I, I think I put community when I... That's the, what the thing that I love about the church. And if we're saying church as in a verb, like when we're churching together, gathering yeah. together, um, there's, there is something that you can't um, replicate. Mm. Yeah, there's something sure. unlike... You know, there is there's something great about me reading my Bible or being together with the Lord on my own, but experiencing yeah. the wonder of like God with us mm-hmm. is something pretty special. And so community, but yeah, I would have teaching sitting a close second just because again, something about the preached word. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's different to <laughs> it's different. There's just something powerful about yeah. the word being preached that I really love. Yeah. What about you, Dan? What do you yeah, reckon? Yeah, community for me as well. Like, it's just, you know, the Bible speaks about it. It's just humans are, are you know, made for that, for that community. And, and, and I look at people who aren't involved in a church and I just think, where do you find your community? And I know you see it in footy clubs and yeah. um, other things, you know, that's their, their version of church. But mm. yeah, I just love the community element mm. and yeah. you get to know people and you get to spend time with, with other people doing life together. Yeah. Um, yeah, and in in a deeper sense as well, and in on a weekly basis, which is amazing. So, um, so yeah, community for sure. Mm-hmm. So on uh, on Sunday, Matt, you preached um, a pretty killer sermon called uh, "A Living Faith: Action in an Age of Sentimentality." Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've if you're uh, at home, you're listening to this podcast. I would suggest pausing this one, jumping onto Matt's. Uh, podcast first and listen to that and then you'll uh, understand a bit more about what we're talking about today um but yeah matt you spoke a lot about sentimentality and Mm. um like i love that word and when i heard it i started to really think about like the first time i heard it it was beautiful i got really sentimental about it (laughs) um but um yeah if if you're thinking about okay what does sentimentality mean I, i i've got a little description for you here just to you know help help those at home yeah um it's an exaggerated and self-indulgent tenderness sadness or nostalgia mm. um so it's it's kind of that that real feeling of of this real indulgence with it i you know i'm going to indulge myself in this sentimentality mm. uh, mate you spoke about like it's the pandas at the end of the news broadcast when yeah. you've just been like slammed with bad news story after bad news story but it's all good yeah 
you know, yeah. I, lo- I love that. Um, but like, I was reflecting on the fact that the world and our culture often sees the idea of being a Christian as, um, as something that is just sentimental, that, that we, we are Christians because it's all going to work out. We're blessed. We want a, an easier, cushy life. Mm. And, and it's not how faith is, but mm. it's, um, it's just one of those things that culture would often say to us. And mm. like, how would, how would you guys respond to that? that idea that the people think that being a Christian is just so your life can turn out well and you mm. can be blessed. Mm. Yeah. Well, well I, I think you don't need to open scripture too far mm. to see that that is not the reality for most people in scripture who follow Jesus, yeah. you know, um, the disciples, Jesus himself, um, would probably quite firmly reject the idea that following Jesus is just a, a formula to receive blessing. Yeah. So I think, yeah, you know, it doesn't take long in, in the journey of faith to understand that it isn't a formula. Um, probably a month in, you'll realize that not everything just works out how you <laughs> totally. want it to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I loved um, one of the key things you pointed out, Matt, was the problem is real, but this, the response is usually pious. Mm. And um, as someone who's been a Christian since I was very young and grew up with in you know, in the church all my life, and um, and yeah, faith's always been a part of um, who I am and my family. Like the idea of um, of the response is is one that's always sort of been you know, niggled at me, frustrated me, and it's that idea of you know people living in the garage but doesn't make you a car. That that kind of <laughs> you, right. come, you come to you come to church. And you're yeah. a Christian, but it doesn't make you a Christian. And right. so that, that kind of, um, you, you know, and you guys touch on this in the, in the panel, um, as well about, um, you know, how often, you know, as Christians, um, you know, we, we, um, kind of avoid hard, hard things. Like it's, it's just, it's just easier just to go, okay, I'm a Christian. I'll come to church and I'll, I'll do the right things. And it's a, almost a religious thing, but it's not so much an, an action thing. And that's what you're calling us to in this, mm. um, in this uh, series, like in, in this message on Sunday in this series. Um, what do you guys think about that idea and, um, and how would you guys see that play out in your, your lives of, um, of, of actually having a real response to things, a, a faith in action response? Hmm. Um, well, I would, I would think that the danger for us is, I think there are so many great things in following Jesus, so many great things about Christian community, so many great things about the word. Um, but like with anything, those great things, we can take them for granted or they can become platitudes, mm-hmm. right? They can become yeah. niceties. It's like anything that you do regularly, it can become about the form rather than the content. Yep. And so, um, and I think there's just a clear reminder for us every time to come back to the heart, come back to the heart, come mm. back to what it is that we're actually yeah. doing rather than defaulting to nice things that we can say that sound great, yeah. but that don't have any action or weight behind them, which was James's, which is James's example in the passage in James chapter two. Yeah. You see someone who's got no clothes, got no food, but the response is, oh, go in peace, be warmed and well-fed. But those words aren't going to put clothes on that person's back. Mm. The words aren't going to 
um, give them, put food in their stomachs. And so there needs to be a sense of action behind that rather than a nice sounding thing that we say. And so it's cool because it calls us to something real, yeah. something deeper. Mm. And um, it's a good reminder for me as someone who primarily deals in words mm-hmm. to make sure that my action sits behind that. Yeah. 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 I don't know if that answers the question. No, totally. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's just like that thing on, you know, one, one like equals one prayer on, you know, on social media. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah quickly you have to share this or, or, you know, someone's not going to live yeah. or something. Yeah. And yeah. It's just that, that not, there's no re- real, realness behind the, uh, the action. Mm. So, Yeah. Were you going to say something there? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, You used to work at Open Doors um, yeah. previous to this role. Is like, how would you see faith in action in that space? Like within you know what you what you were a part of at Open Doors and people who engaged with it. Yeah, well, I think the the first thing that really struck me when I started working for Open Doors was the really key differences in, say, a persecuted believer in Iraq who's following Jesus versus someone who lives in a Western culture is their initial response to following Jesus, which ultimately shapes the way they live out their faith. So like we would say in a, in a church like discovery church or or many churches around Australia, when people want to make a decision to follow Jesus, the question is, will you live for him? Mm. Right? So it's this idea of now my life from this moment on is going to be devoted to Jesus. Whereas in persecuted nations, it's a completely different response. It's actually them putting their hands up saying, like, I will die for Christ. Wow. And so when they start following Jesus, it's a completely different idea of what that what the cost is. And so for me, like just being aware of that and being um, just around stories where that is a constant um a constant conversation and a constant uh, revelation that comes through the work of open doors. I think that helps us in the West shape the way that we live our lives Mm. because Mm. in the persecuted church, their reality and how they live is always based off that very statement. I'm I'm willing to die for Christ. That's Mm. the cost. And so for me, that's been a massive um, thing that, I'm not just going to hold for the next whatever. It's going to be a long, a lifetime of unpacking and understanding and, and sort of seeing faith as a, yeah, Open Doors has just helped me shift my perspective on what it really means to follow Jesus and, and how is that lived out. Yeah. 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 And I love what you said there about, you know, the cost. And you know, it's it's not until we actually see people who actually have a real tangible cost, mm. you know, there's, there's something at stake that we could actually realize that. Yeah. And, and so much of living in our we're so comfortable here, you know, in Victoria and in Australia, like, and, and we're so lucky to live in this country, but there's, there's not the cost that, you know, so many others have. Yeah. 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 And I think people who have, um, there may be people and maybe people who are listening who can resonate with the cost in the sense of maybe you felt like God called you into something. Mm. Maybe you felt called to a particular project or to a particular person. Mm. Maybe you saw someone without clothes and without, without food and immediately you decided to do something about it, create an action. And then that, because that comes at a cost, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so I think inbuilt into this idea of turning sentimentality into action, there is an inherent cost involved Mm. because generosity costs, grace costs, mercy costs, forgiveness costs. They're all, they don't come for free. It doesn't just, so I think as we, live out our lives in Christ for him, mm. 
you do become aware of that cost, but there's also, there's a huge joy in it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about that story you shared on Sunday about the um, the person who used to take you to go surfing. Yeah. And um, it, it, like what what an example, like a real practical yeah. example yeah. of, of, of yeah. faith in action and, yeah. um, and just really showing um, love and faith to someone. But, you know, even he had a cost. He... Yeah, I'm not sure whether he was that pumped about it every every morning. Going, <laughs> Pretty sure he wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, can you can you like op- like share a bit more about that story and how that came about, yeah. and also the impact on that's had on you now, like from being 15 to now where you are today? Yeah, sure. So, um, so his name was Hal H A L Hal. Um, he was a me- part of our church community, um, and one of the youth leaders in yeah. our church community. And I can't remember how it started, but I just remember waiting at the front of my house every Friday morning and I would have my like my board, mm. all my like surfing gear, plus my school bag and all my school clothes mm-hmm. so that we'd go surfing and he could drop me straight at school on the way home before I came back. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, a lot of the time we didn't have like deep conversations. We weren't like talking about Jesus every single time. He wasn't like, hey, man, how's your walk with Christ? Like it was more, it was like mates. I just yeah. felt privileged because I actually want, I wanted to go surfing, right? <laughs> and But it was a it was a privilege for him to do that. And yeah, like I was saying on Sunday, I found out later that there was a lot of stuff going on for him in his own world. Mm. Never put that on me. Mm. But was faith, his like faithfulness was massive, mm. and in the end, he became the one. He baptized me. So oh, when it was time wow. for me to make that decision, I'm going to die for Jesus. I'm yeah. going to go into <laughs> the water. Mm. You know, the, the the of course he was going to be the one about because he sowed into yeah, me that right. time, yeah. that effort. Um, even though I wouldn't have seen it then as oh man, look at the big cost he's paying. I was just yeah. so happy to mm. spend time. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was only like very, very occasionally where the surf was like usually too big, like if it was like a storm or whatever, and we just go get a milkshake or like yeah. bacon egg roll. Like, why not? Like, yeah. it's the best. Yeah. So yeah, so um, that kind of thing was um, was really awesome, and mm. yeah, and I and I well, and it had an impact on me because I'm still talking about it yeah. now. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I've got heaps of stories like that of, of youth leaders that you know when I was 15 that just sewed into my life and yeah. you know would would help like would do things that now i think back and i'm like oh that's crazy that they did that for <laughs> yeah. me yeah. um yeah and yeah. so it's, it's just such a um a great example yeah um on um so on sunday night um zeke and steph you joined matt for a uh, a panel um during our 5 p.m service and um and during that panel you guys were talking um telling us a bit about your um your background mm-hmm. um your family you both grew up in christian families um and had a lot of um christian input church input into your lives mm-hmm. yeah. um you talked about you said faith was an everyday thing um for your lives so mm-hmm. just love to hear from you guys how mm-hmm. like some practical examples of that and how you could then encourage people who are parents or mm-hmm. yeah. um who want that in their family or want that in their life for, to, for it to be an everyday thing yeah. for their kids or just mm. within yeah. their family. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Here you go. I think it was really simple stuff. Like we, as a family growing up, we would have dinner and we would pray together before every meal um, as mm. much as we could. Mm. And uh, we would do things like 
soap devotions after dinner. So we'd spend time where we would do like the scripture, observation, application, prayer. Sometimes it would be five minutes because it was like, let's just get this done. And sometimes it would be like half an hour of just really amazing conversation um, uh, just as a family. And so stuff like that. Um, My parents being in ministry, they kind of made some decisions that they would just take us along on the journey. So um, they invited us to be part of things. We were never kind of babysat all the time when they had church stuff. We were brought along and invited into that space. Um, So our experience of watching them do that journey, I think even as we look at our, Zeke and I look at our own family Mm. now, um, we go, how can we bring Mackenzie along on the journey, mm, our yep. son Mackenzie? Mm. How can we bring him on the journey of doing this ministry thing with us? Um, and we have that amazing example as well. Um, so yeah, mm. I think it was just in the way, in the choices that my parents made to incorporate God into meal times and incorporate faith into how they did ministry mm. um, and how we did family family life was really important. Yeah, That's good. Yeah, and I think even just from like me, like when me and Steph started dating, like. I recognize that stepping into the family really early on. Like it's sort of funny, like me and Steph will talk about like her parents are almost like friends and we can talk to them with that openness and it doesn't feel like we're on different levels. It seems like when we have conversations with them, we're on level ground. And so like, it's almost very often that me and Steph will go over and we just feel like we can sit around the kitchen table and and sometimes there's no agenda other than let's just have conversation and let's just be friends and Mm -hmm. in that oftentimes what happens with Steph's parents as they're so good at is they create a space for us to be vulnerable and we talk about faith and they're Mm -hmm. able to rub shoulders with us and give us wisdom and insights and Mm -hmm. and just for me like coming into that family and, and I experienced it in my family as well but just coming into Steph's family that was it was a really special um, environment that I now I'm a, feel privileged to be a part of. So yeah, that your parents were really great at that. Just being sort of creating a level ground for mm. all of us to stand on and then we can relate. Um, yeah. We can relate with each other in that space. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like your parents didn't waste any opportunities. Like they took every yeah. opportunity to, yeah. how can this be a faith moment for our yeah. family? Yeah. 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 And, allowing it to be an environment where we could doubt and we yep. could ask questions um, mm. and, and just them always willing to just be open to just have a conversation and never, it was never, yeah, like Zeke said, there was never any agenda, especially growing up. It was always just like, let's just chat. Mm-hmm. Let's just, let's just chat. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Mm. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Go Did you it. feel like in that environment, sometimes I think, you know, kids of whether it's ministry families or yeah. just church families in general we can sometimes feel a bit like oh i can't ask that Mm. because it's too you know risky or it's Mm. too big or it's too doubtful did you ever have that or was those kind of questions welcomed do you have any like any examples of that i don't know if i have specific examples but i think i had i probably had a really good like my parents placed people in our lives also that Okay, we great. we were able to do that with too. So I think there was a lot of sounding boards, including that my parents had encouraged, but also that we had found yeah. um, that we had space to be able to ask those questions as okay, well. Cool. So we were never left like my only people to talk to is my parents and I really don't want to talk to them today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was, yeah, we had, they had created opportunities for us in that way that it wasn't always just them. Um, but I think, yeah, I think they just, Wonderful. for me, created a space where... Mm-hmm that was okay. And I don't know how my siblings feel. They might feel completely different. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think they valued the relationship with us. So that 
faith kind of was that for those faith conversations were easy. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. You mentioned, um, Steph, something on Sunday night. You said you're a, a prayer person, mm. uh, which I thought was, was a cool way to put it. Um, even though we're all prayer people, yeah. we all have that, um, you know, in, in our relationship with God. But I'd love to, to hear more about what that actually means and how you can encourage those who feel like, hey, I'm not a prayer person, but I would love to to be this prayer person. Yeah. In high school, I was like afraid. I was one of those kids that like didn't pray in group settings. Cause I was like, <laughs> I just, my vocabulary is not very big. I don't read. So my mm. mom always said, you don't, you don't have a very big vocabulary because you don't read. And I'm like, oh, therefore I've got no words. Yeah. Um, and I just remember being in high school and God being like, it actually doesn't, the words that you say doesn't really matter. Um, and how it comes out and how awkward it is really doesn't matter. Um, I just want to chat. And so that from then on, I kind of has shifted my perspective of prayer that it doesn't have to be this really religious mm. thing. It can just be a really easy conversation between me and God. Um, and so, yeah, I think I like I implement that daily and in my everyday life, it's just this really open line between me and God that I can talk to him, I can write to him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so prayer is, yeah, one of those spaces where I just feel it's an open communication line between me and God. Love that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, I love that. The What you said there about not having the words when you were younger and, and mm. feeling like you, I guess, weren't... Yeah. Um, yeah, weren't capable of, of having a good prayer yeah. life. Yeah. 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 But s- such a good encouragement just that, yeah, it's not about the words. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, so often we can go, I, I don't have the words of, of Pastor Matthew C. Destry. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> I think that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. Um, so... From the um, from the me- back to the message, um, some of the uh, action points at the end of the message. Um, uh, first action point was making discipleship a lifestyle, mm. and you talked about that not being a plug-in in the five p.m. Um, service. You talked about it's mm. a, it's not a it's not a plug-in. It's not something that's bolted on. It's kind of it's a whole new system, and I love that. It's, it's almost like it's not an app. Um, yeah, it's not just an app you get on your phone. It's it's the whole thing. Mm. Yeah. But I was thinking, what apps do you guys use? To make discipleship a lifestyle. And did you see what I did? <laughs> Actual <laughs> apps, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what a segue. What, uh, what apps, what technology or what books, podcasts, like what, what, do you, what would you recommend to make discipleship a lifestyle? I, I, I really liked, I remember um, a couple of years ago, I, I really got into an app called Read Scripture. Um, and it sort of had like... Um, videos linked with like little devotionals but also with scripture as well and it sort of had a a bit more of a background around scripture and and so for me like in my discipleship like learning more about the word of god and and trying to you know understand the word of god more that was a really helpful like first step for me was just downloading that up because you know i'm sure like many of us here like we have our Bible app on our mm. phone or whatever, but how often do we like really open it and like go to a passage of scripture and read it? Um, and so having an app that was actually more, um, it was more engaging in a sense. It had, you know, um, it had videos, it had um, even like simple, like, uh, like, like prayers, guided prayers that you could follow and, and you could read. And, you know, for me, I, I'm not a prayer person like Steph. So like having, um, you know, that sort of space where, we could, I could actually go to this app and it was sort of like a really easy first step for me to then take more steps. So there's that. I, I'm, Instagram is always a good thing. Like, Steph, do you, you follow a lot It's of funny people. you say that because it is 
that's that's become a thing now that, yeah. that, that people people have been uh, polled about it and they say they go to instagram for their discipleship wow. and so as part of um as part of as an arts team we're really thinking about that yeah. um how we can we can be a voice in that space and we can help people in the discipleship through instagram through youtube and yeah. um because that's where people are going that's where the people are so, yeah. Yeah. so good. there's these books that i love um that i recently found at Kurong that are scripture journals so yeah. they've got um the bible on one side and um like a blank page some of them are lined some of them are dotted depending on what you like um some of them are blank i think and i have really engaged with reading scripture through being able to just like write because i love journaling and i love writing and so like kind of combining them both um Mm. has been really amazing i love that and they're really aesthetically pleasing and they're all like slightly different shades of color so they all look beautiful when you line them up next to each other yeah any uh any podcast or anything recommendations matt um like it depends on what you're looking for and for any you know it depends on who you are and what you connect with but so this there's, there's obviously so many podcasts mm. out there um so many things out there and all that's one of the reasons why we created early morning bible club um (laughs) was you know and i you know i would say it's a great resource because one of the things that we wanted to do was just start the day with 30 minutes of scripture Mm. and so that was a way for me personally to methodically work our way Mm. through books of the bible in a way that you can participate in a community or just be part of part of listening to that on the podcast. Um, for me, the best apps are always the old school ones. So I have a just a really clear and simple Bible app on my phone that doesn't have a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. If I just want to find a passage, I can find it. Like, but um, but even using Bible Gateway on Google is mm. fine with that. Yeah. Um, and then for me, it's just my, everywhere with me goes my Bible and my journal. Mm. And because I just find with those two things, it's kind of like what you're saying, Steph. I just I have my Bible with me and my journal with me mm. everywhere I go, and so that makes that yeah. that makes that process um, a lot easier. Mm. Why well, not easier? But it um, that's one way that I can continue to foster that devo- at least my devotional life yeah. everywhere I go. It's yeah. good. I mean, that's not going to make me go give my clothes to somebody who's <laughs> yeah. cold or yeah. food mm. to you know. I still need something internally for that. Mm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Your second um, action point from your message was be a doer of the word. Mm. Um, we live in a world where people no longer read; they scan. Mm. So, how would you recommend people approach the Bible uh, where people no longer read? Mm. Mm. Is that question to me specifically? Yeah. Um, audio Bible is great. Yeah. I know a lot of people who consume or get they read their read quote unquote their Bible by yeah. listening to the audio mm. Bible. Mm. Um, yeah, it's what something you can do in the car. U version, a whole bunch of the Bible apps now have a read it to you, yeah, kind of thing. Um, I think I follow ESV. There's an ESV podcast, and so they have a podcast episode that comes out every day with a passage of scripture. So there's all of that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and then, but I would also say, don't let the fact that you're a scanner stop you reading your Bible. Mm. Yeah, sometimes, like. It's a great way, like, man, to go through the book of Romans and methodically, slowly, work, exegetically work your way through it. 
it's going to take you days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I want to read the whole thing in one go. Yeah. yeah. So just like blast <laughs> through it and I've, and don't feel bad yeah. about it. Like I think the most important thing is picking it up and engaging. Yeah. 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 I don't know what you think, guys. Like I think like like you sort of said that if you're a verse a day sort of person, just read a verse a day. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing wrong with that. The, the mm-hmm. idea of scripture is, you know, not you take more in and not that you know more and not that you understand and you can memorize more scriptures. It's that the scriptures that you read actually transform you mm-hmm. and that's make good. you more like Christ. So mm-hmm. like if you're a verse a day and that's all that you can intake in a day and you just read that verse and you know, I know I have widgets on my phone mm-hmm. and on my iPad where you can literally have the verse of the day on your iPad home screen, right? And if that's how you engage with scripture, that's awesome. But like I would say, if you're a verse a day, just own it and go, I read a verse a day and I read that over and over and over again until it sinks into my heart, until I allow that word to transform me. And I, and like, I think if you're a verse a day, a, 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 chapter a day or your whole book a day if you're that person like awesome like, mm. just do you and and god will speak to you as you open up the word mm. I, I believe that's a really key thing mm. yeah in becoming a doer of the word yeah that's good yeah i love that i'm a verse a day gal great yeah. Yeah. yeah i was in a season at the start of the year i was like i don't know where to start i yeah. just feel like it's too hard it's too big it's just yeah. like it's just a lot mm. and i felt like god was like just read a psalm a day right. and i was like oh god really is that enough yeah. really and he was like just read a psalm a day and i right. found myself like i would just read a psalm in the morning the very first thing i would do and then later in the day i'd read it again and i'd find right. something else in yeah. the same psalm right. that i'd be like wow god's really speaking to me through right. this one psalm <laughs> and then like days in i'd be like i actually really want to read more so my psalm a day would turn into a psalm and a proverb and right. then later on it would be a psalm and a book like or another story or something else and i'd be like i was ignited and fell in love with reading my bible by starting with a a little psalm a day it's so encouraging like that because there's such a shame that you can build up in yourself for not reading and you just you shame yourself into oh i'm just not good at my bible reading and yeah yeah, like i had a little patch recently and i just like oh i've really got to get into it and i opened up james and then it was just like everything just blew me away and i said to my wife i just read james and she's just like that's such a good book to come back to isn't it (laughs) you just you come out and you're just like oh you know this is this is really practical it's really helpful stuff and it's you know and that book is really like quite easy to get get into quickly Mm. so yeah i love that yeah i um again growing up there was this older guy part of our um, church community and every like we like imagine um, it's either before the gathering like before the singing or after the service is finished or whatever see this guy always kind of like take a little thing out of his pocket and glance at it and put it back in his pocket and I always thought it was so weird because we do it every week and oftentimes in the middle of conversations we're talking and he just like pull it out and look at it and put it back in his pocket and I was like what is he doing? What is he doing? And I found out he would write out a verse of scripture wow. and keep it in his pocket yeah. and literally glance at it wow. all day. Yeah. Like just as a as a practice. Yeah. yeah. As cool. a reminder, hey, I'm just I'm quick I'm going back to that verse. Mm. I'm going back to that verse. So, going back to that verse. That's so cool. obviously pre mobile phones, yeah. pre yeah, all yeah. that. He just wrote it out. He was ahead of the curve. <laughs> Massively. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, awesome. And so I I like that was inspiring. Yeah. yeah. You know, just yeah, just the way of, of engaging with that scripture all through the day. So, yeah. mm. uh, Your final point on Sunday was let God know we need to talk. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's, that's such, a, such a cool thing. You go, okay, yeah, God, we need to sit down. We need to talk. You yeah. know, I need to tell you more about what's going on in my life and I need to hear from you more about that. 
Um, I guess to, to finish off today, um, when's the time that you guys have, um, have felt like you've needed to say that to God? Uh, or how would you approach that? How would you encourage people to approach that, um, that's, that, that line? it's a big one we can have some music in the background yeah yeah yeah. i don't know like for me like i have been constantly challenged that you know it's easy to come with to god like we need to talk when things are not going really good it's like now god it's time for me to talk to (laughs) you what's going on (laughs) but really like god wants to wants to talk to us about every little detail and like one thing that um, I've been doing recently, even just the past couple of days, like our son Mackenzie has been waking up in the middle of the night, just crying, he's got teeth coming through. And I've just been like in the middle of the night when I hear Max start crying and he's sort of like trying to resettle, I'll just say, hey God, just pray that um, you just help him just settle. Just let him know mm-hmm. that you're there. Just calm him, take mm-hmm. the pain away or whatever it may be. And it's just really funny. Like I felt the last two nights, I'm usually like when I hear Mackenzie wake up, I'm up straight away. I'm in going and just trying to fix it. Last two nights I haven't really gotten up. And I'm like, oh, is this God talking to me? And and, and sort of like just this little silly thing in the middle of the night. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've just been challenged more to bring just everyday mundane mm. things to God yeah, and just put them before him. And the more and more I do that, the more and more I'm finding that, you know, um, that, that God is moving in my life. So, yeah, yeah it's special that way. It's great. You go, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think things can build up. Yeah. So it's like any relationship. You know, if you feel a bit of enmity or a little bit of frustration that creeps into any relationship, it builds up. Yeah. And, you know, we often do play the silent treatment with God. Yeah. I'm not talking to you because this hasn't worked out, this hasn't worked yeah. out, that kind of thing. And I think someone's got someone's got a crack in yep. those relationships, yeah. you know. It <laughs> takes someone to go, all right, look. I mean, God's always talking to us, right? Mm. Like he's given us his word and he's always talking to us. But there is that moment where we have to stop playing the silent treatment with mm. God mm-hmm. and go, okay, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know this is what's going on, <laughs> you know. And, and let the dam burst. Mm. Yeah. Let it break and allow those thoughts and feelings, frustrations maybe, whatever it is, let it flow mm. because he can handle that. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's better expressed, all of that stuff. I mean, that's what the Psalms are, right? Yeah. Like how long, oh Lord, yeah. you know, how long will you let the wicked prosper mm. and will the godly be, um, you know, will the godly be um, uh judged or punished or hurt you know those kinds of things um when are you going to come through yeah. when are we going to see your salvation um those kinds of questions mm. to god are and the, all those laments god things aren't how they're meant to be mm. they're mm. filled in the bible's filled with those and i think that should encourage us mm. yeah rather than stop us yeah. yeah yeah and i reckon on the other side of it like hashtag we need to listen yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like god's yeah. always talking yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so sometimes we just need to sit down and go actually i need to <laughs> yeah nice i need to spend time with you know in nature or with music and, and actually yeah. open my ears and listen yeah, yeah. so yeah, love that so mm. Mm. steph i just feel like there's like there's nothing like talking to someone who already knows everything right. i feel like it's just like this beautiful like it's like that whole what a friend we have in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like I love that we 
have a God who we can come to just to chat whenever for whatever, mm. who is, isn't going to just turn away, who is always listening, who is always there, who already knows. I think that there's such a peace in that. And so I find myself every day. I'm like, God, we need to talk. Yeah, yeah. We need to talk. We really need to talk today. I, I know we talked yesterday. I know we talked this morning. But we really need to talk again. Can <laughs> we talk again? Please, can we talk again? Yeah. No, I love yeah. that. That's good. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Um, on this first episode of uh, We Need to Talk podcast. Um, yeah, I really appreciate your honesty and um, vulnerability in that, in that space. And I hope um, that our, anyone who's listening uh, is encouraged by those, um, these stories and, um, and ideas. Uh, so next week we've got uh, Doug Paws um, and he'll be preaching on the topic of family. And, um, and then we'll be having a panel on uh, Sunday night with Mel and Phil and Jody. And then that same group will be joining us on the podcast next week. So make sure you tune in for that. There's going to be some really good stuff about family in that space. Um, but until then, um, love it if you can like and subscribe. Give us a rating on, your, on iTunes or Spotify. Um, this will help to get the message out there. And, um, and keep hashtagging we need to talk. Um, put, put some photos up on, uh, on Instagram or uh, wherever you like to post. And um, hashtag we need to talk. And let's encourage one another. Uh, in that space mm. and so my final encouragement would be you know what's one thing from today's episode that you can you can take into your life that you can you can change whether it's that one become a verse a day person um, or um, read something new or um, listen to listen to more podcasts or um, listen to more worship music what's one thing that you can take just mm. a small thing that you could add into your life to help with your discipleship and uh, we'll see you next week thanks for listening to we need to talk If you would like to support the podcast, please consider leaving an honest review and star rating wherever you're listening. It only takes a few minutes and helps us get the message out to more people who need it.